just in case. Or maybe not. <laughs> maybe we won't wander. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just cut to the chase. So just a couple of quick things. Just a couple of quick things. Just good to see everybody here. Uh, the last Lord's Day, the last Sunday in October. God has been good. He's kept us well. Some, amen. Amen. Some of you have traveled. I know uh, Brother Cole and Sir Jamie has been out of town. Some others have been on the road. Uh, and God has brought us all back safe and sound. Amen. And that's just a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So uh, I just want to just share a couple of thoughts with you. I started this uh, subject a couple of weeks ago. Then Elder Heath did an excellent job of speaking last Sunday. Let's give the Lord another hand clap for Elder Reg. Amen. And um, I just thought, uh, I don't know if that's this. We can kill the pink mic, too. Well, I don't know if that's our offending party. So let me just read this real quick uh, before our mics go out altogether. Uh, <laughs> Matthew 7, 21, the English Standard Version says this, everybody. Just follow with me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. By the way, the word Lord in the Greek is kurios. It can be interpreted to mean master, but it can also be interpreted to mean sir, like you would say sir to maybe an older gentleman. Um, it also is a term that signifies respect. It's deference to a maybe a person that has a higher station in life, maybe a higher rank, maybe a higher title, but but it's a term of respect. So, and I think there's something worth stating about that. It's just going to be hard for me to stand I started talking about the word, I just get excited. But but I'm gonna keep I'm gonna stay on a very short leash today. I mean literally like a six foot leash. So it's gonna be different for you guys because you know I'm, <laughs> <talking about you. laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I know you guys are <laughs> used to be roaming around. So not today. So someone someone speaker is on on Zoom. Okay, great. Great. So here it is. So here it is. Matthew, Matthew 721. 7, okay, it's, okay still it's still on. Actually, Gloria, can you just mute everybody on Zoom for me? Okay, great. All right. Uh, so this term, Lord, no. So everyone that says Lord, Lord uh, will not enter. Not everyone that says Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So here, here's the point I want to make on that really quick. You hear people say this all the time. You ask them, are they believers? Are they Christians? Have they been born again according to the scripture? Have they been converted? They may say, well, I am sincere. I go to church every Sunday. I give. I share. I help people. I serve. And I am committed. They, you may hear people say that all the time. Some of you might be in this category. Here's what the Lord is saying in Matthew chapter 7. He's saying that even if you're sincere, 
even if you are benevolent, even if you're generous, even if you attend church faithfully, that does not mean that you have been born again. It doesn't mean that you're a believer. It doesn't mean that you're saved. That's very important that we understand that. Don't spend your whole life being in or around the church and not being saved. This means nothing if it's not leading to heaven. What we're doing right here, the outcome of this needs to be eternal life. What we're doing here, this needs to be leading to glory. If it's only leading to accolades or attaboys or pats on the back or pouring Gatorade on yourselves, that's not the point. That's not good enough. Being good is not good enough. We have to be saved. We have to be righteous. The word righteous means right standing before God. We have to be in the proper place positionally and spiritually before God. Amen. So just saying, Lord, Lord, just knowing church vernacular, knowing church terms, churchiosity, I like to say, knowing the right church oriented vocabulary is not enough. Talking a good game doesn't cut it. And having our parents and grandparents and ancestors been saying this to us for years, that talk is cheap. And children, y'all better quit playing church. And y'all better get right with God. <laughs> get right with the Lord before we go. Haven't we been hearing that all of our lives? So aren't we that much closer? We used to sing a song, Get Right Church, and let's go home. Some of us ain't ready to go home. <laughs> Some of us are still in the getting right stages, right? Here's the thing, though. We need to be ready to go home at all times. So getting right is right now. It's not age dependent. It's not based on whether or not I'm 23 or 93. Amen. I told my neighbor that I had just a uh, Friday. We just had the beautiful home going service for, for Miss Ruth and uh, and shame on Mary favors for for waiting 90 some years before she told us that her name was Ann Ruth, Annie Ruth. Here I'm saying Miss Ruth, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, grand, Mama Ruth. And uh, and I get and I get the program here. Here we on the day. We're on the day of the home going service. I get the program. And here it says, Annie. I said, who is Annie? <laughs> Sister Annie is alive and well. This got to be a mistake. <laughs> you know, well, we won't even count the back. I, and I thought it was a mistake. I mean, they misspelled Coach's name. How can you mess up Kelvin? You know, how can you call him Kelvin when his name is Kelvin? I mean, who could make that mistake? I'm just kidding. But they still misspelled Coach's name. So I'm thinking, like, who is Annie? But it's Miss Ruth. 98. That's just amazing. That's just amazing. I told my neighbor, who's also her name is Ruth. I said, hey, there's hope for us. You know, we just went and saw, we just went and attended a home going of someone that's 98. So my neighbor, I think is like 92 or 94. And her name is Ruth. I said, you got a good name. And there's encouragement that if the Lord can keep one of us that long, he can keep all of us that long if he wants to. But it's no guarantee so the point is, let's be ready to go whenever the Lord says it's time to go. And we may not make it to 98, 
Like it's like, feels like it's 98 degrees in here. Could somebody turn it down a little bit? You know, we may not, I, I'm trying to be courteous and not turn on the air conditioner, but boy, I'm just burning up. I want to turn on the air, but I know Marie said, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to be quick. So listen, listen to this. This is really important. So the Lord was talking to these, these scribes and Pharisees and elders, because I'm almost done. And he, he made an amazing statement here. He said, just because, just because you prophesy, and this is, by the way, the word can mean to prophesy to foretell the future or prophesy can mean to foretell the present. The word has a dual meaning. Prophesy means both foretelling and forthtelling. So whichever category you're in, the Lord is saying, just because you foretell or foretell, just because you cast out demons, and I always thought only saved folk could cast out demons. Listen, don't let everybody go around laying their hands on you talking about casting out some spirit. You need to ask, who are you? No, I'm serious. I'm serious. The question, the question was asked over in Acts 19. There was some, the sons of Sceva was casting out demons. The Bible says seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit that they were casting out, I'm in Acts chapter 19, 15. Follow, me, follow with me. The evil spirit said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But I, I'm going to put it in plain English the way we'd say it today. Um, but Negro, please, who are you? <laughs> he said, I don't recognize you. I don't recognize, who are you? And, and, and the Bible goes on to say that wasn't how it ended. Uh, it overpowered them and, and beat them and uh, beat them until their clothes were taken off and they were wounded. You don't play around with casting out spirits. You don't play around with exercising spirits. Don't play around with God, period, right? Don't play around. Don't play church. Don't play with God. Either you're in this or you're not. There is no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's no partial chance. There's no partial save. You're either all in or all out, according to John uh, Matthew chapter 7. You may be casting out demons. You may be prophesying. We used to say back at our old church, prophet lion. Uh, people, people would be telling stuff that weren't really true, and it certainly wasn't in Scripture. But whether, wh whatever the category is, even doing mighty works in your name, he says, that's not enough. He puts the criteria very clear that we need to be saved according to Scripture. We need to know that the Holy Spirit lives in us, and watch this, and that we're obedient to him. Amen. You're not, you're not saved based on your church affiliation or your membership rules or your giving and tithing. You're not saved based on your contributions to charity and benevolent funds. You're not saved even based on your faithfulness to a local assembly. The Lord wants us to be saved based on our obedience to him. I love what John 8.31 says. It says that those that these disciples that continue, continue with him, are my disciples indeed the ones that continue this is a lifelong walk it's not a hit and miss it's not a short journey it's not a sprint it's not something that we do on our as our pastime or we do temporary temporarily we do it until the lord returns amen he says good and my well done my good and faithful servant that word faithful there basically comprises the idea of consistency, perseverance, longevity, endurance. We stay the course 
We may bend, but we don't break. We may get tired, but we don't give up, right? You all with me? I'm going to sit down. Just stay with me a few more seconds. This is about staying with the Lord, not just in word, but in deed, according to Acts 26, 20. Our works need to display repentance. Our works need to display conversion. Amen. I'm just saying this. I'm getting ready to sit down. I'm just saying this because when I stand before the Lord, I don't want to be guilty of having been remiss about telling you guys what's important to the Lord. As I said during Miss Ruth's home going on Friday, I said Micah's uh, chapter 6 talks about what the Lord requires of us. And it gives a little litany of, of things that the Lord does not require of us. He does not require burnt offerings. He does not require sacrifices. He said even if we gave our firstborn, that's not enough. He doesn't require human sacrifice. Say so what the Lord requires from, from us is that we are justified. We talked about it in Brother Coach's Bible study on Wednesday in Romans chapter 4. The Lord wants us to be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. He wants us to walk justly, to love mercy, to be kind. But that important part is that we are converted. That is that we are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Boy, I could really go on. I, it's, it's, it's a celebration day, and I'm just, I promised Sister Debbie I would just give a sermonette. But, but after hearing Dr. E.B. Hill, who's gone on to be with the Lord, I was listening to some old sermons by Dr. E.B. Hill. Check him out on Moody Radio uh, Archives if you want to do like uh, past conference echoes, it's called. Uh, Dr. Hill was saying um, he was invited to speak at Moody Bible Institute. He was saying that Dr. Sweetie invited me here to preach today, and at my home church, I preach for an hour and a half, but Moody has asked me to only preach for 45 minutes. I thought, man, oh man, an hour and a half? What could I do with an hour and a half? <laughs> I know some of y'all said, I know what I'd do, I'd be passed out. <laughs> you can talk for an hour and a half, I don't mean I'm be awake for an hour and a half. I understand, I, I'm not offended, but an hour and a half. That just seemed like, boy, you could just do a whole series in an hour and a half. But, uh, but God is good, and I just pray that whether it's a minute and a half or an hour and a half, I pray that when you come here, you walk out of here with something that's going to sustain your life for another seven days. That's the key, that we're made better. I love this song, that, we're made, that we, we are better by just our presence, by fellowshipping with him. It's a beautiful song we used to sing in that Promise Keeper. It's about just being in the presence of the Lord makes us better, makes us more like him. It encourages us for a week. Amen? Actually, I didn't give you the Monday morning moment, so I don't want Gloria to call me out on it the way she did, Reg. How disrespectful, how disrespectful to call your older brother out on the Monday morning moment. The Monday morning moment was, was my idea. The other Elders aren't obligated to give one. <laughs> okay. If the other elders want to do a Monday morning moment, they can. But let's not beat up all of Glow uh, if, they, if they don't give a Monday morning moment. But, uh, but don't worry. If it, if it weren't you, Gloria, it would be C-Town or others that bring the mentions that. Don't forget the Monday morning moment. But here, here's the one that I want to share with you today. I said the difference, if someone asks you tomorrow, the Monday morning moment, if you knew, the, if someone asks you tomorrow, what was the sermon about today? Well, you can say, number one, it was very short. But number two, the guy said something about this. The difference in knowing about Jesus 
And knowing Jesus can be a matter of heaven or hell. Wow. The difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. If you look, if you have the printed notes, you'll see that I have knowing in parenthesis to suggest uh, an emphasis on the word, how you characterize that phrase, knowing about means just having superficial, casual knowledge of Jesus, sort of mental ascent. You have a recognition of the terms, the phraseology, but knowing Jesus, the word knowing genosis in the Greek suggests intimacy. It suggests closeness. Abraham knew Sarah and she conceived Isaac. That knowing suggests that the greatest intimacy, the greatest intersection of, of between two individuals that there can be in the physical and in the spiritual sense, it means an intimacy with Jesus that we know him inside and out and knowing him, knowing him intimately in the pardon of his suffering, knowing him in his mercy, knowing him in his grace. That is the most important thing. And it could be a matter of heaven or hell. It can be a matter of life or death, knowing Jesus. I don't want to know about him. I don't want secondhand information about Jesus. I want to know him personally. Amen. I want to know him personally. I want to have a relationship with him that exceeds any other relationship that we can have. Because God is about keeping his promises. He's about keeping his covenants. He doesn't, he doesn't renege the way we renege, right? Because y'all would renege. I know it. I know, I don't want to start calling names, but I know y'all would renege on your promise. So how many can loan me $100 today? <laughs> My grandson, Jay, said he would. And he would not renege on that. I don't know if he has $100 right now, but if he did, <laughs> he would loan it to me. <laughs> but he wouldn't renege on it. That's what the Lord is. He doesn't renege. He doesn't hold us. He doesn't keep, he doesn't hold himself to the standard that we do, where we will go back and forth. He stays in there and he comes through for us all the time. Amen. Your grace and mercy, Lord, has brought us through. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and mercy. May you be edified, Lord. May your word be, may you be glorified, Lord. And may your word be edified in us today and this week. And all that we do and say, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap.